Hey, what's up, folks? And welcome to episode two of Transactions with Dave Canton. I'm your host, Derek D., and this is a new show that we have on the Dealer News Today Network, filling you in on everything from the ever-changing climate of the automotive business, financial topics that matter to automotive dealers, and much, much, much more. Dave Canton is the CEO and founder of the Dave Canton Group and all the DCG family of brands. He joins me on every episode, so let's jump right in. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Dave Canton to the show. What's up, Dave? Derek D., what's happening, buddy? How are you today? What's going on? I'm doing I'm doing fantastic. Uh, I can't complain. Where are you right now? Are you, on, are you on the East Coast or the West Coast? I am East Coast. I had a, a big weekend down in North Carolina, baseball with my son. As always, we're traveling somewhere for baseball. Oh, nice. made, my way up, made my way up to the Northeast and uh, doing some New York City meetings this week and uh, getting ready from there to head down to Florida. How are you? What's going on? I heard you had a big week uh, that just happened. Talk to me. What's going on? I did. Yeah. I, uh, the Asbury Park monologues, which I founded, we had the second annual one in Asbury Park and it was a huge success. We had a lot of great industry people there, a lot of great performers released a, a video that was uh, a recreation of a scene from the movie La La Land where I'm singing, I'm dancing, I'm acting. It's all one take. It's beautiful. I love it. You can see that on social media, folks, if you're uh, if you're interested. Congratulations, <laughs> Derek. You're always doing something, which I love. And I got to tell you, look, I'm involved in so many things. But this Transactions podcast really has grabbed my attention. I love it. Uh, I look forward to doing it every single week. There's just so much happening in the automotive industry and so much information and inside information to share with the industry. Yeah, I mean, if, sure. we just lo- if we just look at what's been happening, right, just over the past few months with these, with these magnificent, just massive transactions, these acquisitions that are taking place. And I really want to talk about that today. You know, I, I, I was sitting with a client the other day and I was like, do you know there was over $12 billion of acquisitions that took place just like in the last few months in the automotive industry? That's insane. That, 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 it's insane. I mean, you know, you had you had Lithia that purchased Suburban Automotive Group, right? That was a that was a mm-hmm. monstrosity. That was a monster. You have Larry H. Miller going to Asbury Automotive Group, another monster acquisition. Uh, you have uh, 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 RFJ going to Sonic, another monster acquisition. Group One, who won the bid on Prime Motor Group, another monster acquisition. And then obviously, uh, you, you know, you had Auto Nation that that just closed on Priority One Automotive Group. There's just so many of these just huge monster acquisitions taking place today. And it's just one after another after another. And it's just names that you would never think would be would be selling. Uh, I, I get it. I understand why they're selling, right? It's kind of the perfect storm. And then, you know, there's that word opportunity that I keep saying over and over again. Yeah. You know, the, the, these groups, Derek, that have the opportunity to add a per, add a group into their portfolio, like like a Larry H. Miller, right? Like a suburban automotive group. Um, when, when you hear of these automotive groups that that have been in business for decades, right? I mean, literally, it's passed through generations of family members to get to where that group is today. Yeah, and then to see that group, right, just all of a sudden just pop into the news that it just it was just acquired. You know, consolidation, right? I mean, think about it. When you really add up how many individual dealerships are, are among all those groups that I just talked about, right? I mean, mm-hmm. hundreds, hundreds of new car dealerships, thousands of employees, 
that are now part of public that are now part of a public company or a large privately held company that purchased them that you know are now being consolidated into one automotive group right and you know really provided probably some some greater resources because you obviously have a greater resource when you own 300 car dealerships than when you own 40 or 50 or oh, even 5 sure. or 10 so you know i'm i'm just I'm, it's so incredible to really understand What's happening today in the automotive industry? Yeah, it's cool that you mentioned, you know, you mentioned uh, RFJ and the merger with Sonic. You know, we just had Rick Ford on uh, Dealer News Today podcast. And you can go back to listen to that episode. He talks about uh, that exact merger that Dave just mentioned. And uh, again, this is Transactions with Dave Canton, episode two. And we're jumping right in and we check in with Dave every single week. Um, and so, Dave, you, you know, you're talking about you know, the, the mergers and $12 billion in the last few months. Is there anything in particular this week or, or the last couple of weeks in the automotive industry that people may not know or that dealerships may not know? Is there anything just insider info? Gosh, I mean, look, there's always inside information. There's always things that are happening, right? I mean, I'll tell you this. Every public company still right now is out there still looking to acquire more acquisitions. They're not done. Right. Mm. So when, when you think when you think about all that has already taken place, there's more coming down the pipeline. There are more major acquisitions that are currently in the works right now that that will be probably you know somewhat under contract or in preparation to be signed by the end of this year. Most likely will close probably Q1 or Q2 of 2022. But here is the most exciting news. Right. Mm. And the exciting part about this M&A frenzy. You know, six months ago, everyone just kept saying, especially with these new, you know, proposed tax laws, we got to close by 1231. We got to close by 1231. Now the language has changed, right? The story has changed. Right. And it's no longer we need to close by 1231. So the great part about that, the message behind that, Derek, Why is, is that? that this is because it's not changing, right? Oh, so oh, oh. when you really think about what's going on now, this, this, this frenzy that we're in is going to carry into 2022. You're going to see a lot of, of, of acquisitions and, so, and, and uh, considerable more of consolidation take place in 2022. I believe that you're going to probably see uh, 250 to 300 acquisitions in 2022, which is definitely up from its average, and, and larger, more significant acquisitions Bigger names, names that are in the top 150, you know, dealer groups that have been in business for generations, dealer groups that understand the real benefit of way now. You know, I say this all the time, the per, right? The lowest cost for a buyer to acquire an acquisition today because of historical low interest rates. And for a seller, obviously, historical profits, which are creating these gigantic evaluations and, and most likely the greatest trigger of why they're saying now is the time. Right. Yeah. So wait, say I'm a, I'm an auto group owner, right? But on the smaller end, I have maybe, let's say, I don't know, three rooftops. Would you recommend that I look to sell and get involved with a bigger company and merge with them or just sell outright? I mean, is that something you'd recommend for a smaller group to do right now? Here's my advice to everyone in the industry. You're either a buyer or a seller. That's it. You're either, you're either adding to your portfolio and looking to grow your platform in these times, or you're going to take advantage of what the last 12 to 18 months has provided this incredible automotive industry, and you're going to look to sell, right? I mean, if you own one or two or three stores, 
most likely you are surrounded by a group today that owns 30 plus dealerships, right. which, means, which means the following, not that they buy the cars for less from the manufacturer because everyone's buying them for the same price. The difference is this, they can afford to sell them for less, or they have greater synergies and resources that can outperform a smaller automotive group. Right, because they're know, bigger. You know, we call the, the, the group that owns one to three or four stores, we call that a tuck-in acquisition. So when a group owns 15 to 25 stores or, or more, and there, there's an auto group that's been in business for a while, and they own one, two, three, four stores in, in the surrounding market in that, in that region, those are called tuck-in opportunities where somebody says, I already have five stores there. I could easily tuck this one or two into my platform. And it makes so much sense because of the synergies and consolidation resources that are able to be provided for that group. So are you finding that these dealership owners who own, you know, a smaller amount, you know, under five stores are, are, are more inclined now to be like, Hey, I should sell because I'm going to make the most profit here. It really depends what their succession plan is. You know, it all really always goes back to a succession plan. So when dealers sit down and they, and they hopefully are always creating that succession plan, even though, unfortunately, probably more than half don't have one. Uh, which I'm, I'm hoping that this has woke them up to understand that it's a necessity in life and business to always have that succession plan. Uh, and and hmm. you know what? Remind me, I want to talk about the show succession afterwards, but you know, because it always, you know, I watch it every week and I'm like, wow, so much of, of that is what we do on a daily basis. I need but to watch that show. I've heard such great things. I haven't watched it. <laughs> My wife and I love it. You know, we, we we literally sit there like that's our family time. We watch Succession. So I'm going to watch it. Absolutely awesome. I'm going to watch it so I know more of what you're talking about. <laughs> it's awesome, but that's why succession planning is so critical because you really need to know what the plan is, especially when there are other people within the within the family that have the opportunity to carry on the legacy, right? right? So when a group has that next generation that's involved in the business that really takes. A, a lot of significant measure to be a part of the business. It's important for that family almost to carry on that that legacy to pass the torch. More and more families, though, today that even have that next generation that are selling today are yeah. selling today because that next generation just isn't as involved or just doesn't see the future that the that the first or second or third generation saw in the industry and then you also have to weigh i guess reality right so if you could get let's just say if you make 5 million a year okay mm-hmm. and and that's what you've been making you know for the last 2 years throughout this incredible times of historical profits but you've made a million or 2 million for years prior to that and you could get 30 million today to sell. Well, gosh, do the math. I mean, that's, that's 15, <laughs> that's 15 to 20 years, if not 30 years and a million of what you would have to work to make what you could make today right, and right. then do yeah. something else in life. So when you really do the math, right, it's, it's, it's almost like it's a no brainer. So I go back to saying what I said two minutes ago, you're either a buyer or a seller today in the industry. Right. Yeah. And, and that's a great way to break it down because and I was curious about that myself because I know some people who work for uh, you know a smaller conglomerate of dealerships, and was curious if those owners were looking to sell because you know it's so hot right now. And piggybacking of what you just said, if that's the opportunity you have to make that amount of money, I mean you almost have to take that. It's it's a no brainer. And you you know then you can invest in things, basically retire, do something else, whatever you'd like, you know. But but sometimes your kids and the succession of your business doesn't maybe doesn't interest your kids for whatever reason and it makes sense to sell 
But if it's the other way around, then you don't. You know, legacy is important. Um, so yeah, you're either a buyer or a seller. I get it. Uh, let me ask you this. What is the biggest financial concern right now in the automotive industry? Like, is it because this isn't going to last or what? You know, look, I'll tell you right now. Great question, Derek. I will guarantee you this isn't going to last. Okay. Um, I mean, it, yeah. th- that that's a hundred percent. What's going on today is not going to last. And everyone in the industry knows it's not going to last. It's just, it's like a wave. Eventually it's going to break, right? Mm -hmm. Eventually this wave is going to break. It's how long can we ride the wave? That's the bottom line. Now, my greatest concern, greatest concern is the obvious, right? It's going, looking back at 2008, it's just, it's looking back at history. Okay. And history tends to repeat itself. So when you're really looking, focus on history and the financial uh, aspects of, of, of repercussions of supply and demand of, of, of historical high profits of high prices for consumers. Usually that tends to, okay, bring, bring the economy down, not really bring it up. Right. So history most likely will repeat itself. Who knows? None of us are, are, you know, none of us can really tell the future, at least on this podcast. And at the end of the day, <laughs> only only time will could. tell. But that's that's my greatest fear. My greatest fear is it's not going to last. And here's my fear. I hope everyone recognizes that and lives as if it's not going to last. Those that are living as if this is going to carry on for the next decade or two decades, they're going to have a rude awakening. Yeah. And so it's it basically the advice there is just, you know, prepare, 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 prepare. Well, my greatest advice there for the automotive industry and the, and the dealers out there is put as much way as you can. Don't go out there. And, uh, you know, again, you're, you're buying or selling, right? So it's okay yeah. to reinvest your money, but don't spend it as if you're going to continue to make it. And, and I think most, most automotive dealers get that. Everyone does understand that, you know, this is not going to last but at the end of the day, I do believe it's going to change some consumer habits, right? I, yeah. I, I said that I, I said this yesterday. I was on an interview yesterday, an incredible interview, and and they said to me, "Well, what do you think is going to change in the industry? Like, if you could, if you could, you know, just tell us your vision, right? If your vision was to become reality, what does it look like?" And I said, "You know what it looks like? I'm going to give you the same example, Derek. I gave you last week. I went to go buy an Apple 13 Pro Max with my wife. I walked in." <laughs> I had the initial disappointment that they had none in stock, just like if you walked into a car dealership, there's no stock, right? Minimal inventory. Well, guess what? You're going to walk to a kiosk. You're going to place your order for your new car, just like I did for my new phone. And you're going to leave a deposit or pay for it in full. And you're going to get that car delivered to your home for four weeks, two months, six months, however long it takes to take delivery. And that most likely will be the future of the automotive industry. And I'll tell you what, I think people will quickly adapt to it. I mean, have you gone by an Apple store? I mean, people are are, are waiting online for an hour to get in a store and it's the same process. Yeah, right? I never did that. So <laughs> I, wouldn't do, yeah. I didn't do that. I mean, it, it's the same process, right? But I, I, I honestly believe the days of going into a car dealership and haggling yeah, you're right. and waiting five hours to take delivery, those days are gone. Yeah, you're right. And it's funny you mentioned the computer because I... I, I just got a new one too, but I'm not getting it. Like we talked about last week till mid December or whatever, but yeah, you, you, you want that instant gratification sometimes, but Hey, it's easy to just, I went online, I spec'd it out how I wanted it and boom, now I'm just waiting for it. Yeah. Look, I'll tell you another thing, right? 
you know, uh, he, here's he, uh, another fear, right? Obviously, there, there's a lot of dealers out there that are in these 20 groups and they communicate and they collaborate and everyone tries to share great information to work together. Mm-hmm. One of the fears for the entire industry is who's going to be the first dealer that once they get loaded with inventory is going to go back to the to the other way of selling cars, just kind of lowering the prices, discounting and going back to a volume approach instead of a gross profit approach. And I think that will uh, tend to create everyone to have no choice to, to compete because this is an industry that you must compete in order to be profitable, in order to succeed, just like in sports. But at the end of the day, right. I'm, kind, I'm kind of I'm hoping, Derek, that dealers uh, maintain this way of doing business. I think it's a better way of doing business. Look, the consumers are paying more today. There's no doubt about it. But I'll tell you the benefit of that, right? Mm-hmm. The benefit of that is they know what they're getting and they're getting in and out pretty quickly. And it's probably, even though they're paying more, they probably feel better about the purchase today than more, they feel more better than they ever have before. Oh, wow. That's interesting. Well, I mean, yeah, any, anytime you make a big purchase, you want to feel good about it afterwards. You don't want buyer's remorse. So that's definitely key. You know, you spend a lot of money and you feel good about it, feel good about the service, the quality, then it makes all the sense in the world. Um, let, let me ask you about the chip shortage. I know we've talked about it before, but is that affecting your end of things on the M&A front or are we closer to getting out of that or what's going on? Derek, so much more than just affecting the M&A industry or the automotive industry. The chip shortage is affecting every industry because all you right. have to do all you have to do is drive by any big body of water and just stare at all the ships oh, yes, with our right. with our hundreds of millions and billions of dollars of merchandise, okay, across all industries sitting on those ships. And 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 that is affecting us. And there's no there's no fix in sight. This isn't gonna be something that we're gonna be out of in 60 days. My opinion from the research and due diligence that I've done. This isn't going to be a fix probably till this time next year, okay, if oh, not wow. later than that. I think the, the automotive industry especially is going to have inventory restraints and challenges probably for the next 9 to 12 months, and this is going to be the way it's going to be. Wow. Yeah. So, you know, that's just uh, the point blank truth right there. Have to prepare for that for sure and deal with it. But it seems the industry always does. It's resilient, just like the people in it. Uh, Dave, before we get going, any last remarks? Absolutely. I think I think it's important also that we touch on the fact of of really understanding, okay, how important it is to set yourself up. So if you're if you're listening to this and you're saying, you know what, I I'm I am a buyer or I am a seller, it's always important to be able to to distinguish which one you are, to really set yourself up. You know, dealers that 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 get a great opportunity put in front of them, and those opportunities come all the time really don't understand how to be prepared, okay? Dealers that 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 get off uh, that magic phone call that says, we're interested of, of buying your acquisition, you know, and then they get frazzled and they really don't know what to do. You know, operate always as if you're a buyer, operate always as if you're a seller, right? Always make mm, sure yeah. that you're doing everything within your business to be prepared to either make that purchase or to be purchased. And if you're always acting in that fashion and always doing things the way that you need to, to be prepared, you're going to be able to execute when that incredible opportunity comes in front of you to maybe buy one of your neighboring partners or, or, or neighboring dealerships that's within your community or, or, or a neighboring community, or 
possibly you'll be even more prepared when you get that phone call that says, we want to pay you that number that allows you to sell off into the sunset. So my advice to the industry is, regardless if you're a seller or a buyer, always be prepared to be that seller and or buyer. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much. I love this Transactions podcast. We're going to have great stuff every week. Derek D, thank you so much for everything you do into the automotive industry. Stay healthy and stay safe. Absolutely. Well said, my friend. Some great advice for sure. And you can hear it on every single episode right here on Transactions with Dave Canton. Dave, thanks so much for coming on the show. Thank you, Derek. Have a great week. You too, Dave. Thanks. That's Dave Canton, folks, CEO and founder of DCG, joins me here on Transactions with Dave Canton for every episode. You can listen at dealernewstoday.com or whichever platform you get your podcasts on. Make sure you follow Dealer News Today on Instagram at Dealer News Today. I'm Derek D. Thanks for listening, everybody. Talk to you next time.